Hello, my name is Matt Wood and welcome to Just Another Liverpool Podcast. Yes, this is a different voice as to what you may have become accustomed to at the beginning of our podcasts. Our friend and regular host of the podcast, Stuart Jones, has had the audacity to take leave from his usual duties due to the birth of his second child. Unfortunately, we've also had it confirmed that he did not go ahead with the name Jordan Jones, which I think we can all agree is a travesty. However, jokes aside, congrats to Stu and we look forward to welcoming him back to the podcast. So Stu might not be here, but we do have another Matt, Mr Matthew Norton, here to discuss Liverpool and how the Reds are now on the brink of the Premier League title following our 2-1 win over Bournemouth and Manchester City's 2-0 defeat to Manchester United. City need at least four points from their next two games against Arsenal and Burnley in order to prevent Liverpool with the opportunity to secure the title at Goodison Park. Now that was a big intro and I definitely did it in one take. Matt, are you getting excited yet? Take it away. It's impossible not to, And I'm going to breathe. (laughs) It's impossible not to, isn't it? It's sort of... We've been waiting 30 years for this league title and for it to come around the way it has done is just it's just surreal, isn't it? Um it could be won by the end of for the end of March, which is obviously unheard yeah. of. Um you know, you hear talk of people saying that oh it's a easy Premier League and this and that and you know, Pep Guardiola's lost more games in the league this season than he's ever lost in any other league. Yeah. Uh, I think that shows you know, there is strength for this Premier League, it's not it isn't just a an easy league to win. It is take some hard hard doings. The sides near the bottom of the table now. We've spent you know fifty hundred million the last couple of seasons. Do, do, you th- do you think? Do you think it's that, or do you think there is a degree of Man City dropping their level quite a bit? I think um, because I think, I think it was evident in that Man United game that there was one team who really wanted to win that game, and there was one team that wasn't that bothered. Yeah, completely agree with you there. I think that. The effort they put in did sort of show a little bit, but that that being said, they'd lost three games before Christmas, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's obviously season's gone by, they, they haven't done at all, so you know, we just stepped up our level again this season, and I don't yeah. think they'd be able to compete with it, really. Obviously, they were just pipped us to the title last year, uh, and they haven't been able to maintain the same levels as, you know, as we have. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, although we've known for a long while that, that we are going to win the title, like I think there is something about, not just the coronavirus issue, but we'll try not to mention that, but there is something about getting it done. <laughs> um, there is something about you know, getting it over the line, and I think, I still think for me, the sooner the better in terms of whenever it's going to be, it's still going to be like a huge, a huge moment, isn't it? And... We've gotten to this position now where uh, it could actually happen at Goodison Park if, as I mentioned in, in my very long intro there, um, City need at least four points from Arsenal and Burnley. Um, they're both home games, so you would back them. You'd back them to take six points, really, but the way that they played against Man United, um, and you might have a similar dynamic against Arsenal where... Arsenal are in much more need of the points than Man City are. It's not completely out of the question that Arsenal could go there and 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 get the win potentially. Um, so that that would set up a um a derby game next week, whereby we we could see a, a Goodison, which would be. Well, it would be uh interesting, wouldn't it? It will definitely um. You mentioned about Arsenal there as well. You got to remember that Arteta's going back to 
to Manchester City. You know, he was the apprentice yeah, under, yeah, under Guardiola, so he'll, yeah. he'll want to go there with, with something to prove, really, mm. uh, which, again, could play into our hands. Um, again, you'd expect them to get three points against Burnley, but there's only three days between that right, game yeah. and the Real Madrid game. And obviously, you know, they're not going to win the Premier League now, so you'd imagine yeah. they're going to you know, play a full-strength side against Madrid and might even rest several big names against against Burnley. Yeah. Uh, I was I was talking about this before to somebody and and uh, the possibility is that they, they will rest players but you would think it would be the Burnley game at home. Yes, yeah. Rather than the Arsenal one. Um but I guess we'll have to just, you know, wait and see. Um I I think I don't know what camp you're in in terms of ideally where you would want to win it. would you rather win it at Goodison and you know have that against all the blue noses um for years to come or do you think because it's been 30 years and it will be such a monumental achievement for us to finally win the win the title again do you think it symbolically if you like needs to be at Anfield yeah i keep changing Plus the it's a saturday really. night and we can all get pissed yeah so that's always a good <laughs> and monday good, night good argument <laughs> sort of short nose holidays are for <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a good argument. I've, I've sort of thought oh, it'll be a good laugh to laugh at the blue noses if we want to go to But at the same time, would you, you know, realistically, if you watch watch that game, yeah, the old stadium is going to pretty much clear out. Yeah, it's going to be jeers. It's not going to be the same sort of atmosphere, is it? At the end, well, where if you win it at home, yeah, you know, all the fans are going to stay behind, yeah. so, you know, celebrate and cheer the players, and it'll you, be a much better atmosphere. Yeah, obviously, we'll get that rendition of "You'll Never Walk Alone" at the end of the game, and I think that will be. At Anfield, having just won the league, won the league title, I think that would be a really special moment. Um, like you say, if it if it gets set up at Goodison, whereby we can win it there, I think it'll be a strange, a strange atmosphere, um, because from everything that we're hearing, um, the you know some of the Everton fans are, are going to go into hiding uh, in this game. So, which I'm not too sure about myself because personally, I think I'd. If the shoe was on the other foot, I think I'd want Liverpool to pack out the ground and do as much as they can to prevent an arch rival from from winning it in your own ground. Yeah, um, we are quite bitter as them, are we? But so? I think you're gonna get, uh, you know, and it's all hypothetical at the moment, um, because the, the likelihood, obviously, is City will get the required points. But if it is the case, I think you're gonna see a few empty seats and possibly quite a few Liverpool fans in the Everton end, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a Weird one, isn't it? Yeah, no, that, that really. I just think, like I say, at home, you have a walk alone, yeah. fans singing. I just think it'd be more, more joyful occasion. And I yeah. do think, you know, after 30 years, it, you know, it's what the fans deserve. Yeah. Uh, well, the only that... the issue is, I know we weren't going to mention the coronavirus, but there is the oh, danger that's that. That's twice now. <laughs> there is the danger that the longer it goes on, the more likely the games are going to get played behind closed doors, which would be a complete, you know, yeah. it'd be a complete shame, really, wouldn't yeah. it? Not to, not to linger on, on this point because, you know, it is a bit of a downer at the moment, but um, I did just read something that in this country, you know, it's going to be a while before mass events um, are going to be banned. Uh, we have just seen Italy today ban all sporting um events for the next month or so um, but I think the circumstances uh, in their country and the the, uh, the scale of things at the moment are a lot different to what they are here so I I think fingers crossed we're, we're going to be okay with that but I, I've come round now to the idea of it uh, being sealed at Anfield 
Um, I think a while ago, Stu and I on the, on the podcast spoke about the possibility of winning it at Goodison, and I was like, yeah, that'd be fucking brilliant. You know, you, you'll have that one up on, on Everton fans for, you know, a lifetime then. But now I've thought about it more, I, I, I think it would be more special at Anfield. And like I said, we can all go out and enjoy it afterwards as well. And on a, potentially on a Saturday night, if it is Palace at, at home. Agree. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, so, if you do draw any sort of points, then next game will be the Man City game. Um, hopefully, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't get to that point really. Yeah, but I suppose that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a bad way to go, would it? Really, you know, you're beating the reigning champions yeah. to dethrone them. Um, just shame wasn't it? But it wasn't Anfield really. That'd be quite, quite nice, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Yeah, that's probably one I'd, I'd personally want want to avoid. Uh, the city away one because again yeah. I think they they might get up for it. Yeah, big um, up game and like I say, if you can beat the reigning champions to clench the title, I think it does does sort of show you how deserving we are and yeah. reinforces that against the gloss to it definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so obviously at the weekend, uh, Bournemouth at home, uh, two one. It wasn't the most convincing of, of performances, was it? But is it just you know a case of getting the job done now and another three points on on the board? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, just we're not playing great since the since we had that break. And I've said before that I feel every time we seem to have a, a break of any sort, we seem to drop our levels a little bit. The intensity seems to go a little bit about our play. Mm. Um, there was no Robbo in that game as well, which I thought, you know, I think he took a little knock the day before. Um, he's, I think, a certainty to play against Atletico Madrid, though, so that, that's yeah. good news. Uh, obviously, Milner came in. It was a, bit, a, a little bit of a worry at one point because... I thought he looked a bit rusty against Chelsea in the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he came in and did a fantastic yeah. job. You and I had this discussion, didn't we? You know, um, just after the game or whatever. Um, well, I remember saying that I, I think Milner against Chelsea is probably the worst substitute performance I've ever seen. Like, it was absolutely horrendous. He came on, took a free kick, hit the first man, took a corner, hit the first man, and then chopped someone down and took a yellow card. Um, and it was a really, like, you know, it it made you think. You know, is he is he getting to a point now with his age and everything? Is that outweighing the benefit that he gives us in terms of his experience? But I think he he certainly at the weekend went out to kind of potentially prove um, proved out as uh, wrong really, and I, I thought he was our, our our best player in a game that did lack quality. You know, we needed a bit of grit and determination. I think he summed that up. Yeah, I think without Jordan Henderson as well, he brings that um, that composure to the team and that leadership quality. Um, and I think that made a real difference. I noticed he was speaking to the referee on a few occasions, especially after the Gomez incident. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he is a leader on the pitch and. If we lose him and Alana in the summer, I think you know we'll be a loss to the, to the squad overall. Mm-hmm. Not just in terms of, you know, player ability wise, but also you know leadership in the dressing room. Yeah, and I think it was important for him to to put a performance in like that as well because he's been out of the team for a while. You do, you to a certain degree you forget you know um, the what he can offer to the team as well at times, and I think um, he he more than showed his worth to the team. Uh, in that game, and I think BT picked up a clip as well. I think before the game, showing his leadership. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, in the warm up, um, he was just kind of geeing up the players, you know, and saying that no matter what, we go behind, we go in front, exactly the same. And it was just, 
you know, just showed showed that his leadership skills and yeah. I think you're right, you know, he's um definitely alongside Henderson, he's he's absolutely um, critical uh, in the dressing room and um, I think you need personalities like that in a game especially when you go behind in a game you need you know, calmness and experience to sort of get you through the game and you know he, he did that really well yeah definitely so another I mean looking at the starting lineup, um, uh well obviously we knew beforehand that Robertson uh, sorry Robertson being out was a bit of a surprise but uh, we knew um, that Alisson uh, was missing and Adrian came in. How, how do you think Adrian did after that mistake against Chelsea? He's, he's always the same, really. He doesn't. He's, I remember look back at someone like Mignolet yeah. and he doesn't fill you with confidence. You feel like you know there's always waiting for him. Are you putting him in the same bracket as Mignolet? I think the difference with Adrian is he's a better, he's a better passer of the ball than Mignolet. Mm. In terms of actually goalkeeping ability, I don't think there's that much in it, to be honest. Should not? No. As I said to you before the game, he's, he's a bit flappy and there was. He had that one when Aki headed it mm. and he, he does save it but he only just bounced, just about palms it onto the bar. Yeah. I think realistically he should be comfortably pushing that over the bar. It shouldn't have been, you know, shouldn't have been going anywhere near the bar, it should have been clearly yeah. over the top and I think if Alisson was in goal that would have happened. Um yeah. there was another one I think where he sort of flapped it flapped at something a little bit, a bit like the Chelsea game where he sort of palms it away. It was a corner, I think. Yeah, and he went for a yeah. corner, but he didn't really know where it was gonna go and I don't think he knew where it was gonna go really, but um, and he's got a big personality as well, and he's he's, a, he's much better in possession of the ball than I thought he was before he signed for us. Yeah, so I think he does fit the system. So the, you know, you're not he's still able to pass back to the goalkeeper. He hasn't got to adjust the system. Yeah, uh, which is a big bonus. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't fill me with confidence going into the Atletico Madrid game. Unfortunately, yeah. I I think Allison's a miss. There's no no doubt about that. But I I'm in the camp of thinking, uh, Adrian's been brilliant for us. Um, I really did as a number two goalkeeper. And I expect you know I don't know how many games he's played now, but it's quite a few, isn't it? it must be getting into double figures now. Yeah, well, the irony isn't it because Mignolet left because he wasn't getting enough games. Where probably if he hadn't left, this he would have had a few. Yeah, yeah he would have had I think games, that's but... that's the thing. You know, you compare him to Mignolet. Mignolet was brought in initially at least. He was a number one goalkeeper and and somebody who's going to be the main mainstay of the team. Whereas yeah. Adrian has come in. And he's actually played more, like you say, he's played more than what we would have thought he would have done. Um, because he is a number two. I think for a number two goalkeeper, yeah, you know, you're going to get moments where he's not great. And that um, the goal he conceded against Chelsea showed that, you know, he had, he had that one earlier in the season as well against Southampton where he uh, he kicked it against things or Ings tackled him, one of the two. Um so you know he's had he's had his mistakes in in his games, but I think he's also made a got a lot of good saves, and I thought he was good off his line as well a few times in that game. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. you know, so reading of it and and things like that. I I think um, it's hard for me to 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 really be too critical of him just because I do think his remit as a number two goalkeeper, um, he's been used more often than anyone would have thought that he would have been used and I like say I think there's been a number of occasions where he's he's even saved us. So Yeah. I um, think he's a he's a very typical sort of lower level Premier League keeper in the terms of he can have games where he's fantastic mm. and you know make some great saves but then he's always capable of a bit of a clanger. You think someone like Ch- Ch- Chesney through the week for West yeah. Ham, you know, that he's that sort of goalkeeper where you can have worldies. Fabianski. Sorry, you're getting your Polish keepers mixed up. Your former Arsenal Polish keepers. Definitely the week confusing me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's capable of having a fantastic game and making great saves, but then he's also very capable of, in the big games, having a bit of a shocker. Uh, and I think that's where the best keepers in the world step up is the consistency level of them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at someone like De Gea when he was at his best, he was consistent season season out and that consistency's dropped off and people have really questioned his his ability now. Yeah. Um yeah, so but like I say it's so, the yeah. issue with me is Wednesday night, if we concede one goal we then need to go and score three. Yeah. So we can't afford you know, we can't yeah. afford a mistake or an error in judgments. Yeah. Well uh we'll touch on the athletic game. Um a little bit later, but um, yeah, just in just in terms of the the dynamic of the game, obviously Bournemouth took the lead, and and the way things have been going, that was a bit of a oh here we go again moment. Um, in real time, watching it, um, uh, you and I were at the game, and we only I managed to see it back at half time, but in real time, it looked a blatant foul, and then seeing the replays back, it was a blatant foul. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happened there, but uh, I think that's one where VAR I've dropped a bit of a clanger yeah. because he he was taken totally off his stride, uh, which had a huge impact on Wilson getting the ball and then obviously um, them putting the move together that saw Wilson then then put the goal put the uh, the ball in the goal as well. Yeah, for me when I seen it in real time, I was that confident the referee was about to blow. I didn't really yeah. react to it. I seen the short in the back. Yeah, and just sort of thought, oh, the referee will blow now. And then I was waiting for it, waiting for it, it didn't come. And even when the goal went in, I'm thinking, you know, it's all right, VAR's going to step in here. Because it was, it was clear as day. I couldn't, I just can't see how he can not give that. Because he's off, he's off balance at the moment, he's pushed. Because he's trying to, he's about to make connection with the ball. So if you push anyone, or when they're on one standing foot, mm. they're going to lose the balance. And losing his balance meant that Callum Wilson got the ball. Mm. So, you know, if he hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have got to the ball. Mm. So for that reason, I just can't see how it's not a foul. Uh, you know, people say it's a, a little, only a soft push, mm. but it's you got to put it into the context of the situation. Yeah. You know, he's on two, if he's on two feet and he's standing still on a corner, that push doesn't do very much. But like I say, if you're on one foot and he's just standing foot, you, you're gonna lose your balance and yeah, be knocked over slightly. Yeah, I I was shocked watching the replay back that it didn't. You know, during the game that they didn't uh, disallow it. I really was. I thought. I thought. Well, I can't believe they they didn't say. Um, they didn't uh, cancel out the goal. So, um, you know, going 1-0 down wasn't ideal, given that we've um, had those three defeats in four games. And there is a little bit of like, oh no, here we go. But there was a pivotal moment actually in the game and I've just been watching um, some of the Monday Night Football there with, with Jamie Carragher on and sorry to steal some of his analysis, but uh, he made a good point really that... Uh, Bournemouth made a change at, at centre back and, and Simpson came on. Uh, Simpson being a a, a left footed uh, centre back um, came on actually on the right side uh, of the two centre backs and he was culpable in 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 both goals in a way um, because the first one he got caught in possession heavy touch out um, and then for the second one. Um, he was out of position. He, he kind of brought the ball out at one stage, and the ball was lost in midfield, and then there was a gap in the middle of the defence. So, um, I think that change was 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 quite big in 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 the game. Yeah, I know Jamie Coward touched on it, but he mentioned that you know in that situation, would Nathan Aki have been better to be the the senior centre half and say, you know, you know, both been mm. left footers. I'll take the you know the right side, and you take the left side. Mm. Um, and I think you like to think that someone like you know Virgil Van Dijk or more experienced defender, you know, in our camp would have done something like that. Because um, there was a moment he showed it, you could see how uncomfortable he was on that right hand side. And Mane always anticipates; he has a heavy touch, and Mane anticipates it. 
Um, and he just he's just been hung out to dry really, hasn't he? There he just can't recover in time. I think he thinks that Mane's made a bad pass, but you know, it was a very smart finish by Salah. Because wait, it's a funny yeah. finish by Salah actually. Because when you watched it, it didn't he didn't seem to make great contact with the ball. It was right in the corner though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was right yeah. in the corner. There was not a pace on it, but you know it was so accurate. And that's what he's really good at. He's getting in and around that that eighteen yard mm-hmm. box, just you know, good finishes. Yeah, and that's why you know that's why he gets so many goals. And that's twenty areas. twenty goals, I think this season now. So yeah, the third season in a row, he's, he's got yeah. at least twenty, I which is can, from mm. that from that position, it's fantastic. You know, yeah. he gets a lot of stick from people saying he's selfish or mm. Stuart just, Jones. Yeah, I've seen people saying as well comparing him to like you know something like Aguero and. Van Nistelrooy, you, know, you can't really compare people like that. You know, he's, mm. his job is to score goals, and he's he's done it. He's scored more goals in a hundred games than any Liverpool player ever has mm. done. So you can't knock him, really. I think I saw a stat. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was something to do with Premier League games, uh, and goals. And he was right up there. The only guy in front of him, I think, was Shearer. I can't remember the exact stat, but yeah. you know, it, like you say, you can't argue with his you with can't. his return in terms of goals. Although he can be at times frustrating, and you know, I think everyone's yeah. aware of that. But you put up with that if yeah. if he's if he's getting the goal. I think Sadio Mane had a, a very up and down uh, type of game. That that first goal probably summed it up actually because he did well to to win the ball, and he's going through, and you're thinking, well, to be fair, you're backing him to either get a, a decent shot away or put a, a pass through to to Salah, and you know it was a terrible pass to him, and thankfully Salah recovered it, but then. Um. Yeah, Mane's goal was was really well taken. He had enough effort in the second half that, uh, crashed against the bar. You know, with a brilliant effort. Um, but there was a few other moments in the game where he was a bit careless in possession as well. So, um, I think I think we saw the best and worst there of Sadio. Yeah, he's he's one of the players though. He's he's always you always expect him to do something when he's on the ball. He's such a live wire. You know, you don't want to bring him. You know, he's giving the ball away at times. You don't want to bring him off because he's always capable of just a bit yeah. of brilliance, isn't he? And he's always you know, a defender's nightmare, and he's so quick. And he's, you know, from from standing still position to running with the ball, I haven't seen many players quicker than that. Really, yeah. Like you talk about Salah's pace, but Salah to me always seems quicker once he gets into his stride. Where mm. Manny always seems quicker, sort of straight off the mark, and it's that first couple of yards sometimes to give him a mm. head start on the defender, uh, which you know gets him into them dangerous positions. Yeah, what what did you make of um, Bournemouth's style against us? Because you you and I were chatting before the game, and I remember you saying, "Oh, Bournemouth are one of those teams that they they play a bit of football, they play out for the back from the back." Uh, Eddie Howe likes to play that way. I actually thought they were really really direct. Yeah, and they they tried to um, hit Callum Wilson as much as they could. They tried to play on Joe Gomez uh, as much as they could. And in a way, they'll probably turn around and say, well, the first goal is actually a result of them putting pressure on, on that, that side of our, our defence, really. And I thought they were very much like that the whole game. They were getting free kicks deep in their half and the goalkeeper was taking them. You know, it was, were, were they picking anything up, do you think, from some of, the, some of the recent games there and trying to target Gomez and... Did it work to an extent? How do you think Gomez handled that? Um, to be honest, it was a, it was a funny one because, like you said, then my idea of Bournemouth they do try and play a bit of football. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I don't watch Bournemouth week in week out, so I don't know if I'm, I'm just disappointed going... you haven't done that research <laughs> for this. Podcast so I don't know if not. I'm going to do a bit of a stereotype there. But even when I seen the formation, the four five one, yeah, I thought you know after a couple of results, there's any time to get out 
I thought I'd win the first 10 minutes of the game. Mm. And I thought for that reason, he might have started off a bit more positive with you know, maybe a 4-4-2 and gone, you know, get out of, get out of Liverpool the first 10 minutes. I never got the early goal, but you know, realistically, we were in possession a lot of the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said it was probably a foul anyway. Um, and like you said, the way they played was sort of, it looked like they were trying to identify, like, obviously we spoke about Deeney and Lovren yeah. um, last week. And I think it looked a similar setup. It was almost as if they had that game plan regardless who was going to play on the yeah. alongside Van Dijk. I was going to say, it then begs the question, yeah. is it just like, just identifying Van Dijk as such a strong defender? Mm. You know, if they don't want to know whoever the other defender is, you know, we're going to target them. Yeah. And to me, I, I go with the up and down game because obviously it wasn't, it wasn't given as a foul, so you have to say, should he have been stronger? Yeah. Um, if you watch the, later in the play and the goal, he does lose his man. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was constantly aimed at Joe Gomez, and I thought at times he did really well in the air. He, he you know, he was good in the air. He, he brought the ball out of possession. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's a bit like like Manny really had a bit of an up and down game. Mm. Um, so it's really yeah. hard to, to say really on that one. I think. Yeah. Thank you. Would you would you go and a little bit off topic, but would you sign another centre back in the summer? See, I really like. Would Gomez. you go? Would you would you go and sign an established centre back? To play alongside Van Dijk and uh, still gradually easing Gomez, or would you continue? Would you say right, Gomez is long term. We need to just give him the regular yeah, game I, alongside. I do exactly Van Dijk. that. I, I really rate Gomez, and like I was saying there, there's moments in the game you could you could pick fault at him, but I suppose if you most defenders realistically, if you're going to be targeted for ninety minutes, it's going to be phases of play where you are you've lost possession or you've you've nicked the ball off you just because it's mm. you know, constant for ninety minutes. Um, and with Gomez, he's got that pace. And when we're playing such a high line, he has got that pace to sort of recover, uh, which I really like as well. And I think, you know, he, he, you know who are you going to... You're talking about experienced centre-halves, but who, you know, have you got anyone in mind with that? Because to me, there's not a lot out there, really. They're much better than uh, Gomez. Koulibaly. Yeah, Koulibaly, he's 28, He's going to cost you 100 million. Yeah, and he's, he's getting on. He's late like 20, I think. No, he's not young. Um and again, you know, is he to, will they need time to adjust to our style of play? Yeah. You know, Gomez is there. For me, the issue at centre-half is that you've got three players, really, in Gomez, Matip and Lovren, who never seem to play more than, oh, I don't know, 15, 15 games or so. Yeah, though. they're injury-prone. Injury-prone, and yeah. you know, we've seen it at Christmas, calling Nate Phillips um, for a few weeks. And for that me, was just to take the piss out of Everton. <laughs> well, for me, I think... Bring them back for next week. I know you're a big fan of Lovren. <laughs> Oh, here we go again. But it's not it's not a reflection of Lovren, but I just think do you really want him to be your fourth choice? He's not you know, he's not great when he hasn't played for a while. Mm-hmm. He does get injury prone. I quite like him. Maybe in a, you're saying yeah. about losing experience in the form of Milner and Lalana, who I, I I would say are leaders and I include Lalana in that as well. Yeah. I wouldn't say Lovren's a leader. Mm. I think Lovren can be picked on, bullied, um, but he's Mo Salah's best mate and we need to keep him happy. Yeah, if he wants like, to take a big pay cut then that's fine with me. But I think, you know, if you're going to look at centre-half, I think maybe someone who's got experience, you could be third or fourth choice. But then, you know, it's hard then to fit into a new system and things like that, isn't it? Yeah. it's. I think you make a good point there about the, the fact that all three of them, they're not reliable, are they? Yeah. For, for, and I think that that does ask a question um, of the club in the summer. You know, do they go out and get? Does one get shipped out, and then you bring in uh, somebody? Else? I think that's a. It is a possibility. Yeah. C- certainly with Lovren. Um, 
I just think well, it just depends on the calibre who you bring in. Do you bring in another, you know, do you bring in a Clavan uh, type of player? Yeah, it's um, very hard, isn't it? It's sort of like you look at Tottenham with Harry Kane, it's like you're buying someone to sit on your bench. You're not going to pay 70, 80 million for him and pay yeah. £100,000 a week, are you? Yeah, or do you go for that that marquee signing? Yeah. Um, just finishing up on the Bournemouth game then, so uh, we, we haven't mentioned uh, one of the moments of the game, but Milner's, Milner's clearance, I know we, we spoke about him a little bit, but I think, uh, I don't know if you just want to eulogise over that a little bit, it's just a remarkable clearance, wasn't it? Yeah, it just shows his fitness and athleticism in a way as well, doesn't it? But not only that, his reading of the game, because he, you know, he, he said after the game he had a decision to make, does he stick with the man mm. or does he go beyond the goalkeeper? Uh, and, you know, it's, again, it's that experience, isn't it? Would have a less experienced player made the right choice in that situation? Yeah. Um, and I think that sums him up, you know, and like I said um, earlier on, uh, I think his grit and determination uh, in that game, I think that perfectly summed it up. And he didn't give up on it, did he? You know, he, 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 went, on, you know, he just yeah. carried on going until he yeah. got to the ball and... You know, he didn't go up at any point, and I think that does, does sum him up yeah. nicely. Superb. Uh, so, just moving on, we've got Atleti um, on Wednesday. Um, see, there's a, there's a few kind of um, big uh, team issues. Uh, we know Allison's out, which I think is going to be a miss. Robertson, we're thinking, should be back, and, and Henderson's back in, in full training now. So, um, what are you thinking of our chances with... Henderson possibly back, Robertson likely to be back, Allison missing. What are you thinking? They drew two two at the weekend, by the way, with Sevilla. Yeah, a quick look at their results for four tonight, and they drew two and won one of the last three. Um, they've scored in all three of them games, which has been an issue for them this season. But they've also conceded a few goals, mm. so you know, I could say plus and plus and minus from that really, because obviously we need to score, but at the same time, we can't really afford to concede. Mm. I know we're always capable of a comeback. Um, I think the Barcelona game will always give us faith we can come back to yeah. any game really um, but the, I think the, the big one for me really is the, the make up of the midfield I think um, how, how do you see that going? Well, we didn't mention Fabinho did we for the Bournemouth game but we, we were saying again at the time that he's not been quite right Yeah. so it will be interesting what he goes with him in midfield we yeah. need a big game from him but I also thought you know Alisson not being there isn't ideal because he, he is a big game player but you know, you mentioned the Barcelona game. We were without Salah and Firmino for that game. And, you know, we still managed to... I think the atmosphere helped hugely in that. Oh, and yeah. I think we're going to need a similar sort of backdrop to, to this game as well. I think the crowd are going to have to get well into it. We know what they're going to do. They're, they're going to come and, and, and perform the, the spoiling tactics. You know, Simeone's going to be... You know, on the touchline, uh, barking orders, no doubt, putting the referee under pressure and all those type of things. The players are going to be time wasting from probably minute one. We know the tactics that they're going to uh, deploy. Um, it's about us not not rising to that really. Um, Good but yeah, Hen- Henderson. Sorry, I've completely gone off tangent there. <laughs> your your point. Um, I think you've got to. I think you've got to keep. Faith with Fabinho, uh, we know how good um, he can be. Uh, he has not been the same player since he's come back into the team, but you've got to go with him. And I think if Henderson's fit, he has to play. Yeah. Um, and then Genie, you know, Genie for me is another one of those who is a big game player. Yeah. Um, he, he does step up. Um, so I, I would probably 
go with with that three. Um, I think Ox, as you've mentioned a few times, it, tending to have more of an impact coming on in games recently. Kater, can you trust him um, from the get-go? I'm not sure. Lalana, I don't think, is, is really in contention there. And then, yeah, the one for me is... Have I missed anyone else? Well, well, I think you have, really. It's one quite important, because we've just been utilising over James Milner performance. Yeah. You're, you're saying about sort of, their tactics are going to be to sort of play up to the referee and things. Do you want another experienced head in there in James Milner? Um, does Henderson come into the number six role for Fabinho? Um, and then Milner, why not? I think that's a that's a big shift. Um, and is that a bit negative as well? Needing, no, needing I, I think, I think it's a big shift because Henderson's just come coming back from injury, and Milner's only quite recently back from injury. Um, and like you say, I think we have got to th- kind of think creatively as well. Uh, although Henderson can be that, but then what you're saying there, Henderson would be. The defensive player, wouldn't he? So yeah, yeah. I think we need Henderson's creative side of his game. Yeah. Um, really, I think with Fabinho as well as I know he hasn't been great, and you know that's why I mentioned bringing Milner in to be honest. But what he has been very good on the past when he's been at his best is sort of them little niggly fouls and things. And I think you know Madrid are going to do that. Is that sort of fight, fight, fire with fire? You know, if they're on the, the way they're going to play more than likely is to yeah. sort of sit quite deep and try and hit us on the counter attack. Fabinho is quite good at sort of knowing when to just sort of maybe just bring down a man or just try and stop the play a little bit. Mm. And in that game, that might actually be quite a good a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, he just worries me. Like I say, he just, just feels like he's a yard behind the ball all the time. There's moments in that game at the weekend where the ball's almost like just in front of him. It, was for, the, it was for the male and the clearance, I think it was. Yeah, there was a couple of times there when the ball, you think he's going to get it, and he just, like, he just seems like, there, yeah. I don't know, the delay in his response. He's never been the quickest player, yeah. and I think a lot of the time he relies on sort of positional sense and things, yeah. and if he's not maybe 100% up to match fitness... I think some I players are different. Are, different players have different body types, don't they? And I think Fabinho is that kind of gangly style. Um, maybe he just needs a, more of a run of games to... To get back up to speed, but I, I don't know. I, I'd I'd keep the faith in him yeah. uh, for for this game. Yeah, I played devil's advocate there, but I do think that midfield's going to be yeah. Fabinho Henderson, assuming he's fully fit. And so we're thinking, I'd I'd in goal, Robertson, yeah. Van Dijk, Gomez. Yeah, definitely, definitely Gomez again. It's that they have quite a bit of pace going forward. Um, I think he'd deal with that better. Yeah, and then Trent. So we play Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum, and then the usual front three. I think that kind of yeah. picks itself. I'd yeah. Be. Like Firmino's not. If Henderson's great time, fit. Um, I would be surprised if it's any anything different. Yeah. So that. Um. So what what do you think then? If it's that, are, are we getting through? I'm gonna pause and say. Stick your neck on the line. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm I'm gonna go for three one. Right. I haven't asked you for a prediction, a score prediction. Uh, but you know, you, yeah. I'll let you have it. <laughs> That's what I'm um, going for anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if Henderson's if Henderson's back and you know, at a level where he can he can perform, uh and I'm sure the crowd are gonna be up for it, I think we've got a good chance um of going through. We say we're gonna to need to be better than what we have been recently, but I think naturally players' games will lift that a little bit more because yeah. it it is, you know, in the league to a degree, we know it's won. Um, so that, that complacency is potentially crept in. You know, we can't afford any of the that. The only issue so. for me, I suppose, is if we... I don't want to be negative, but if we get knocked out by Madrid, 
and we showed yeah. the league up by the end of March. You know, is it kind of like a bit of a, is a season that's going to pit out a little bit? Yeah, obviously, I'm there, obviously, with you know, 30 years waiting for a league title, so it's going to be the you know, best season of my life, so I'm never going to disagree with that. But at the same time, it's a, you know... But you're trying to get it on the down. I'm just saying, this, this, team's, this team's so good. I expect more than just the Premier League. Often. Yeah, and that's why I was, you know, a bit disappointed by the Chelsea results in the Cup, because I, I felt, you know, there was an opportunity there um, for us to win multiple trophies. And I think this team... For the amount of wins and everything that it's it's had over the last two seasons, it would be a shame if we didn't win as as much as as we possibly could. Yeah, but yeah, I, th- I think we'll still get through. I think we'll we can do the Jordan Field, no doubt. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we'll see then, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I think we're just about out of time there. So thank you, Matthew Norton. Um, for coming along to this this podcast. No problem, thank you. I think it went okay, apart from the um, the five introductions that I screwed up to begin with. Yeah, the outtakes from the uh, Christmas special. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll leave it there for now, and um, yeah, we'll be back. Um, to, I've just realised the next one we could do, we might be champions. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Fucking hell. That's crazy. Go, yeah. Leave you, leave you with that one. Cheers. Thank you.